listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're going to continue our off-season episodes by going into a deep dive into each division. So we're going to have eight weeks worth of podcasting program moving forward. As always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? <laughs> what up, Bob? Yep, there we, tell, we, t- we talked about it right beforehand. The deal with... <laughs> Take a little bit of a flu passing through my house, so the voice was never going to make it. Oh, uh, well, I, I appreciate the effort, Bob. Trust me. Yeah, do I get an A for effort on that one? A for effort, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, we were talking, my, my daughter's dealing with the flu, and it's sort of been slowly moving around through the rest of the house here. So if I sound a little bit rough, I'm going to uh, diagnose it with a little bit of that passing around. So fun times. Good times. Good times. Did uh did you get hit with like the random snow blast ice storm that that ran through today? <laughs> I did actually, and uh, unfortunately, I was uh, traveling to my office, uh, smack dab in the middle of it too. So, uh, you know, that was just a wonderful thing, and and now it's all melting off. So, uh, I'm not really sure what to think about the weather these days, frankly. Yeah, it was weird because my car was in the shop, so hey, I really didn't have an option to drive to work, but my coworker was going to pick me up. And as soon as I w- woke up, I'm like, don't even try. It's ridiculous out here. It was like within four hours, it was covered in snow and then started raining, and now it's pretty much melting. And it's like, right. what the heck just happened here today? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's been an interesting uh, winter and an interesting off season. Uh, <laughs> so much action still. I mean, from week to week, it feels like uh, you, you kind of expect things to slow down, but uh, especially with our, uh, our home, our hometown team, it seems like things are just not changing. I mean, things are changing constantly, I should say. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like it's every Wednesday when we go to record, it's like there's a different slant on the way everything's going. And then by the time we record next, it's like, well, that's changed. Right. Because I think within this week alone, it went to the Steelers had a meeting with AB. Everybody agreed it's time to move on. And then the slow backtracking occurred where they're like, well, we're going to move on if the deal's right. So if they don't get a deal, they I still think they're going to move them. But I think they're just sort of not going to settle for garbage. And then right. Le'Veon Bell, they finally decided to not uh, sign the franchise tag there. So um, he's moving on. So it feels like they're trying to, I think, get past all these offseason headaches that we've been dealing with the past mm-hmm. calendar year really in Pittsburgh so I think it's a smart move obviously you're losing a lot of talent but they were able to right. see sort of where the youth is on this team and they must feel comfortable with it yeah I, I guess <laughs> I mean I, I don't know what's gonna happen uh, I mean like you said things are changing from week to week uh, but I, I think uh, I think it's clear that both Bell and Brown are gone next season. Like everyone can say, well, we're not going to trade them for pennies on the dollar. Uh, but if that's all you get, are you willing to just have him on the team? I mean, I, I would be surprised if he even played. Uh, so it's one of those things where, I mean, everyone's going to say, well, we're going to wait and we're going to do it the right way and um, stuff like that. But I think the market's going to dictate it. And the unfortunate thing is, is that with kind of how it all ran uh, and how this whole thing has all played out, 
Uh, I, I'm just not sure what the market is for AB. I, I mean, it has to be, you know, there's people who want him on the team. Obviously, he, he's an extremely talented wide receiver. Uh, but I think if it would not have played out the way it did in the media and social media and things like that, I, I think Steelers probably get a better uh, deal from him uh, for him. Uh, it's such a bummer though that he's leaving. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, right. if you think about when we, you and I first kicked this whole thing off, um, what really we were really kind of we're so excited for the upcoming season because we had everybody back. Uh, you know, not really Bell. We didn't have Bell back, okay, but um, we at least had you know Brown and and the hope of Bell coming back. Uh, now it's going to be a completely different team going into this season. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, they're really going to need their, outside of Ben, their young offensive players to step up. And yeah, I think it's actually a good time that uh, we came up with it, or you came up really with the the really the next eight weeks of programming. And we're actually going to kick it off by talking about the AFC North and what we're going to be doing over the next really two months, um, since we only drop one episode a week during the off season. Is we're going to look at each division and really go through and do things like offensive ranks, specific positional uh, highlights, uh, maybe go through some needs, um, potential breakouts, and really just sort of set the table. And and that should lead us really right into the draft time where we'll see if any of these uh, needs are going to be answered here. So um, I think it's a really good time to really hash through each division and start looking at it from not only a fantasy perspective, but what the teams are going to do in, in real, real life here. So, um, Dan, with that in mind, uh, you ready to sort of get rolling in with the conversation as we break down the AFC North? Yeah, let's roll. Yeah. So, uh, the first topic we want to go over is overall offensive rank. So Dan, give, um, your rankings of the offenses in this division and give some reasons behind your ranking selections. This was actually when I sat down to do this, I thought it was going to be, uh, frankly, much easier than it was. Uh, but then once you start diving into just like you've limited yourself to four specific teams, uh, one specific division, uh, and it gets difficult, especially with all the shift that's going in the AFC North. I mean, you and I wanted to jump into the AFC North because it's probably the division that we pay the most attention to. Uh, but maybe it would have been smarter to kind of wait until the end just to see how things shake out. But, uh, you know, it's just, there's going to be a shift. Um, and here's what I, right now, I think the, in terms of offense, uh, I have them ranked, uh, Steelers, number one, Browns, number two, Bengals, number three, Ravens, number four. And it, it comes down to one thing for me, uh, in, in its quarterback play. Yep. So in terms of the offense, I think it starts and ends with the quarterback. Uh, and that's something that we're going to rank later. But I, I think in this, it makes sense to kind of talk to them uh, about them at the same time. Right. Um, ben, a uh, fantastic season last year. Uh, I think with the number two overall fantasy quarterback in our league of record, um, he had weapons, though. Uh, he's not going to have one of the bigger weapons, AB, uh, this season. So does he take a step back? But don't forget, Juju uh, performed as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver in a league of record, number seven. And James Conner 
uh, I don't think anybody saw him playing as well as he did this last season. No. So overall, they've got high-quality skill position players at every position. Uh, the only thing, I mean, Vance McDonald is a nice tight end. Uh, I mean, but I think out of the four quarterbacks here, uh, Ben, Baker, Dalton, uh, Jackson, uh, I, I think Ben is the most accomplished, the uh, uh, the most experienced, the veteran QB. And frankly, I think they open the offense up to him, up for him the most. Uh, if it's not, everything flows through Ben on this offense. And if he's playing terrible, we're all playing terrible. Uh, but I just think that they, they want to score points. I think the offense, you know, it it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit. It has to be for AB to be gone. Um, but I, I think Ben can find a way to kind of make it happen still. Uh, number two would be the Browns. Uh, I think the only thing that really shifted them ahead of the Bengals for me was uh, the young talent that's surrounding this team. So uh, there was a part of me that wanted to say maybe Brown's number one. Uh, But I think I need to see one more year of this strong rookie core of talent uh, figure it out. So I I like Nick Chubb a lot. I obviously like Baker Baker Mayfield a lot. I like Jarvis Landry. I like Antonio Callaway and I like David Njoku. Uh, I think one more season of being together under the head coach that they all seem to really buy into the system um, is going to pay off. So I think they're ahead of the Bengals. The Bengals, uh, I know we are both high on Dalton, uh, but he disappointed uh, in terms of play last year. Safe to say Uh, he's probably off our dynasty squad moving forward. Right. Right. but, but I think there is upside there because of the other talent there. Now, now they have to uh, beat some injuries. Uh, Antonio, I mean, um, A.J. Green's got to come back from, the, from an injury. Uh, Tyler Boyd's got to come back from an injury. Um, but I think last year, Joe Mixon uh, made, a, made a big leap in terms of NFL production. Uh, so I definitely liked where the running game's heading. Um, I'm not just can I'm just not very convinced that the uh, quarterback play is going to, you know, allow Mixon to kind of do the same things that do the th- types of things we we think he can do. And frankly, the Ravens come down to it's a one-sided offense. Right now, if, if Le'Veon Bell ends up in Baltimore, like some people have been asking me about today, uh, this, this might change. Uh, but still, the same thing. I, I need to see that Lamar Jackson can throw the ball downfield. And that's basically where it comes down to for me. Uh, if if he can't throw the ball, uh, I think we saw in the playoff game just how stagnant the offense gets. Uh, and you can just kind of load the box and try to sell out against the run because you're not worried about getting beat through the air. And that really impacts the other guys on that team, in particular, uh, John Brown, who you and I loved at the beginning of last uh, fantasy season because of the deep threat, Joe Flacco and all that stuff. And uh, he really fell off the earth, fell out of the out of the mix completely. I think he was uh, when, like a top 15 wide receiver before that <laughs> switch happened. Yeah, and he just kind of disappeared after uh, Jackson took over. So uh, with me in this offense, it, it comes back to quarterback play. Uh, so it's Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens. And then in my QB rankings, I have them ranked exactly the same. Yeah, it's, it's funny because we don't, like at least in the offseason, now when we get into regular season where we'll be doing rankings and stuff, we'll, we'll share notes and, and talk about it beforehand. But with these offseason ones, we went in with the mentality of, 
let's just do our own thing, come together on the show and see where we both are. And damn, my right. offensive ranks are exactly the same as yours. <laughs> I, no kidding. I have it Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens. I think it's really Steelers, Browns are in their own tier. And then really it's, I don't know if it's a big drop off, but I, I think there's definitely a separation there as far as offenses are concerned. And right. you know, I've just typed up some, some quick notes on <clears throat> my reasons why. Now, this was last week when there was still talks that, you know, and it's, I mean, who knows, but it sounds like he's gone. But my first point was if they keep A.B., it's a no-brainer. But even right. if they lose him, they've got a core of Big Ben, Juju, James Conner, James Washington, and Vance McDonald. A right. few, you know, some of those guys I'll be talking about in a little more detail. So right there, I mean, to your point, you have a multi-time Super Bowl winning quarterback leading the way with offensive weapons that he really played with all last year. I mean, and they were one of the best offenses in the league. So um, no need to, to overthink that one. As far as the Browns are concerned, uh, my notes sort of mirrored exactly what yours were. They're young where it matters, and those young guys all stepped up pretty huge, uh, really, when the coaching change happened. Mayfield and Chubb look like complete cornerstones for the offense. I would think Jarvis Landry should produce more than he did last year, even though he had a pretty good season. Callaway showed promise as a big th- play threat, and David Njoku has third-year breakout written all over him. And depending on the suspension situation, they're going to have Kareem Hunt at some point more than likely. So yeah, that's a pretty good core of offensive weapons, really within two years. I mean, they put this together. So kudos to the Browns. <clears throat> For the Bengals being third, I said they have one of the better running backs in the league with Joe Mixon. A.J. Green, when healthy, is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. Tyler Boyd broke out, but really, outside of that, I mean, there was really nothing there. Um, Tight end was decimated with Eifert. He's not able to stay healthy, and really, Uzama and Croft really didn't do anything. And my concern is if one of the wide receivers go down, they ha- it seems like they have no depth at their wide receiver position. So yep. if A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd are injured, they could plummet down to last. I mean, that's how little I think of their wide receiver depth outside of those two. And then when I originally did the rankings, I had Ravens three, Bengals four. But I looked at it sort of the same way you did is, A, the Ravens showed to be one-dimensional. But mm-hmm. B, when you look at the actual skill player talent, I like it better overall in Bengals, which is why I gave them the yeah. nod. Now, the Ravens might have one of the best rushing offenses in the league, but I don't know if you can bank on your quarterback continually being one of the key rushers on the on the team. So uh, my note was simply that. It's impressive no matter who the running back is. Jackson could get it done on the ground. This team needs to be able to pass better to become complete. So... Um, I think you're going to see defense is key on not letting him run. Now, whether or not they can stop him from doing that, that's another conversation. But if they do, I didn't see anything of their passing game. So that's a concern. So, yeah, uh, my rankings mirrored yours exactly. And and it sounds like we have a lot of the same reasons behind it. I I think it's just (laughs) – I mean, it's clear to me, I think it's clear to both of us that, I mean, if Lamar Jackson somehow can start um, putting it together in terms of the passing game, uh, Baltimore is going to be a much more formidable opponent in the AFC North. Um, But he just didn't do it this season. Uh, I mean, and there was no indications that he could. And I don't know if it was because they were uh, holding it back, holding him back because he's a rookie. But 
Uh, uh, I mean, I, I would have hoped by the time they were in those uh, games, the playoff games, uh, that they would have opened it up a little bit more. Um, so, so they can, uh, I, 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 I mean, try to win a game. I, I mean, they were so one-sided. Uh, it, it was just, it was easy to stop them. I felt. Well, I mean, they did bust off a, a ton of wins when he was quarterback, but I, th- I think it's one of those things too. Is he's he's like one of those special runners. You know, always the, the thought is go right to Mike Vick, but I, I don't want right. to say that dynamic. But I mean, right. he. he is approaching more of that level uh, of right. type of athlete. So yep. I think the defenses are going to learn from that. So he does need to pass more. And, and we'll talk about that in more detail. So, <clears throat> Dan, we've uh, decided to move on in our topics to who's your best overall running back in the division right now? Oh, man, this was pretty This is pretty hard for me. Um, it, because I'm a, I'm a fan of Chubb. Um, I think he's got high hope. A lot of hope. Uh, I like the offense. I was a fan of Mixon as well. Uh, and Connor, those were the three guys I had listed. Um, there wasn't anybody on the Ravens, you know, that was really kind of in the mix for me. Um, and frankly, Lev Bell, not in the mix for me because he's not going to be there in the AFC North. Right. Uh, if, if he goes to the Ravens, though, it's Lev Bell. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> That's just one of those things that you and I will probably be complaining about for a long time. Um, this was this was really hard for me, and frankly, I'm still struggling with it a, a little bit. But I'm actually going to go uh, with Mixon, and I think that it's he, he's obviously not on the best offensive team, but out of the three there, I think he can do the most on his own without help from the other players around him. Uh, Chubb uh, going into his second year. Um, I'm a little concerned that maybe the Kareem Hunt thing is is going to impact him. Uh, I think it has to be in the back of his head. He's either going to respond big time or he's going to take some steps back. But he showed himself to be a pretty good player last uh, year. Uh, I just think Mixon this year made a leap in uh, just performance. Uh, I, I think he was just heads and tails better than he was the year before. Uh, and I expect him to just keep getting better and better and better. If he can get some support through the air, uh, it's going to make him a lot more effective. But I think he can also do a little both. He, he's I think you, you get straight north south running from Nick Chubb. You get a little bit of passing game from Connor. Uh, but when we're looking at those backs that you and I really like, and I think where they were like basically the theme of the year last year were these dual threat backs. I think the best person, uh, the most uh, effective dual threat back that we've got in the AFC North outside of left bell uh, is Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he showed that he could be a true number one running. I think it sort of, sure. sort of went under the radar cause the team really fell off with all the injuries. But when you actually yep. look at what he did, he was pretty darn dominant towards the end of the season there. So Dan, just question. Cause uh, you know, we had this situation in dynasty, um, a year ago, we traded Joe Mixon straight up for A.J. Green because we needed uh, a true number one type of wide receiver. Yeah. Any, any regrets on that? Um, uh, with the way that the A.J. Green season went, uh, there were there were some regrets, uh, frankly. Um, and and I think now in the dynasty and, and we're frank, we're learning dynasty still, I think there, there's still an effort where I think we're trying to win now. Um, 
if we were thinking more down the line, uh, I think you and I probably would have not traded for LeSean McCoy uh, and maybe gave some second thoughts on hanging on to uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, but we still have McCaffrey there, so, so I still like the team a lot. Um, I still think AJ Green's going to have value for a couple more years, um, and he is a stud. He he's a, he is a stud. Um, so a little bit of regret, but not as much as the you know giving up the draft pick that would have landed us Sony Michelle this year. Right. Yeah, and and I sort of feel the same way. I I really don't regret giving up Mixon because. I mean, our cores for wide receivers is Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. You know, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we expected more out of Derrick Henry, which I, I still think it's coming. I, I think they've learned their lesson. So with a core, oh, you think Mc- so? I think so. We'll talk about him okay. when we get to that division. But um, yeah, I mean, and granted, we ended up really getting stronger in wide receiver a little faster and. I think we got younger than we anticipated and sacrificed right. running back. Um, but, yeah, I was just curious since you picked Mixon because my, my number one running back was Nick Chubb, and I I, yeah. I really didn't even think too hard about it because what I did was I went back and looked at my rankings and looked back at my notes. And my notes for, you know, when we went through the running backs uh, preview for 2019 was he finishes our number 13 running back when only really getting the job in week seven. So that's in 10 weeks of production. <laughs> His 16-game pace would have been 1,317 uh, rushing yards, which would have placed him second behind Zeke Elliott. And his 13-touchdown pace would have been third behind Gurley and Kamara. You give him the whole offense. Now, we know Hunt's going to be involved, but when, uh, we don't know that. So I'm not I'm not taking that into consideration. Right. Um, you know, but I, I think they realize this guy has the makings of a workhorse, and he had big play uh, capabilities as well. So um, it's probably going to sound like it, but I'm pretty high on this Browns offense. And um, <laughs> I think I, I think it's fair to, to be high on them, uh, just because I, I think there's so much room to grow. And it's exciting. I mean, if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm pretty excited about my team going into this year Um, because the skill. I don't think I remember a team that's had this much talent. Like, I I don't know who the Browns need to get in the draft. Like, that's I was kind of playing in my mind. I was like, who are they going to like? Who can they get? Um, I think it's one of those situations where they're going to just, I mean, grab the best available because, I mean, they got good young defensive players and Miles Garrett. Um, good long, long defensive back, young defensive backs. I mean, I, I can't think of what they really need. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with them in the draft this year. Uh, because it looks to me like they're building the team the right way now. Which is weird to say. Right. <laughs> yeah. As, as our team is falling apart, the Cleveland Browns are blossoming, uh, which is unfortunate, but certainly the case appears to be at least yeah so dan let's go on to uh and i'll start it off uh our next topic is the best wide receiver right now and and that's the key phrase is right now and as of right now antonio brown is still on the pittsburgh steelers so at this point my number one wide receiver in this division is antonio brown and when he does move on Probably right. a toss-up between A.J. Green and Juju Smith-Schuster for me at that point. But sure. here's my reasons for Antonio Brown. I mean, th- this guy's, to me, a Hall of Famer right now. Uh, six straight seasons with over 100 receptions and over 1,200 yards and at least eight re- uh, receiving touchdowns. Right. 
in that time frame, it's a total of 67 receiving touchdowns in six seasons. He's already over 11,000 receiving yards. And to me, he's one of the best route runners ever, like of all time. Um, So, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's moving on. But as we're looking at it right now, to me, it's not a question. It's Antonio Brown until he is for sure off of the Steelers team. I can't disagree with you uh, because I would agree if he was on the Steelers team, uh, but I, I'm counting him out. I, I, in my, in my, as far as I'm concerned, he's gone. Uh, there's no way that he gets traded to the AFC North if you're paying it. Uh, if you're putting any kind of credibility to the stories or, that are being put out, uh, there's no way they're trading him to Cleveland or Cincinnati right. or Baltimore. Uh, that's not happening. And, and he's not going to, um, the Patriots either. So uh, there's just no way that this guy's in the AFC North. And I'll bet you our typical bet on this. Uh, there's just no way he ends up in the AFC North at the start of the season. Yeah, that's uh, not happening. So I moved on to who are the other players? Uh, there wasn't anybody on the Ravens again that excited me. Right. Uh, AJ Green coming off a, a big time injury. Right. Uh, and a really down season. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, while he had a very nice year, established himself uh, as a pretty good receiver, uh, wasn't somebody who I thought warranted the best in the division. So, frankly, I was torn between – actually, I wasn't torn. Uh, this was probably the easiest one, and I think it's going to be Juju smith Yeah. Um, I think he – like I said before, uh, he played this year like a number one uh, wide receiver. Truly uh, did. Top, top ten finish. Uh, three spots behind AB. Uh, ben supported two top ten wide receivers. Still, Dan, um, it still blows my mind that this team missed the playoffs. But go ahead. Yeah, it still, yeah, it still uh, blows my mind too, <laughs> and uh, disappoints me, frankly. Right, and right. Uh, I, I will be because I mean the, the the expectations were so high, the hopes were so high, and nothing. Right. But uh, be that as it may. I, I just think that he's gonna he's gonna have a big leap this year, uh, even bigger than he had last year, uh, and I hope we can keep him around for a while because I mean this kind of happens with our team. I, I don't know if, if you kind of agree with me on this, but we have a big name receiver, uh, and, and then we have somebody who comes along who kind of starts stepping into that spotlight, taking some of the attention away from the big name guy, and sometimes they stick around and help out and. You know, like Heinz Ward. Uh, and sometimes they just want to leave and they want to move on, like Plexico Burr, Antonio Holmes, things, guys like that. Uh, Antonio Brown wanted to move on. Now, next man up, Juju Smith Schuster, top ranked offense, top ranked quarterback. Uh, I, I expect him to kind of pick up where he left off. My only concern now is is he going to get the bulk of the double teams, the massive amount of attention that he probably warrants as the true number one now. And how's that going to affect the stats? But if you remember those games where AB didn't play, he was Juju's Juju's star shot the brightest. So I'm hoping and counting on that being the case this year, you get a full season of Juju Smith-Schuster being the clear number one option in a very, very good, powerful offense. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I didn't really think about it. If you go back to, yeah, like you said, let's start at Heinz Ward. As his career sort of ended or was coming to an end, they had Santonio Holmes. He took yep. over, won the Super Bowl MVP. I still think it was Ben's MVP, but regardless, they won the Super Bowl. And so it looked like he was going to be the number one. They did, and then 
They got rid of him, and it's like, okay, who's stepping up? And then it looked like it was Mike Wallace, and he looked really good, and then he wanted a contract. Yep. They said, we're not going to pay him. We're going to play this Antonio Brown, who's right. become one of the best wide receivers of all time. Now yep. AB wants to go, and they have Juju Smith-Schuster. In the way. So, yeah, I mean, for about a good 15-year window, they've had just a real knack of understanding, okay, this is the direction we have to go with our wide receivers. And mm-hmm. Been pretty spoiled. We've had some all-time greats yeah, the past for 15 sure. years here in Pittsburgh. Yep. So, yep. so Dan, let's move on to what I thought was, to me, the, I didn't find really anything I liked here in this position, but who's your best tight end in the division right now? I, th- <laughs> I think we're going to agree on this, but this might be one of the weakest uh, when we go oh. through these divisions. The, the weakest positions. Absolutely. This is the weakest position for this division. Um, frankly, because uh, there really wasn't anyone there that I was very excited about. No. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's Njoku. Uh, that's who I think it is. Um, but if you look at Vance McDonald, who's like a close second, uh, Njoku, 56 receptions, 639 yards, four touchdowns. Right. Vance McDonald. 50 receptions, 610 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I mean, neither of them were huge breakout fantasy options this year. Uh, I thought Njoku would be. Uh, unfortunately, did not pan out. And uh, I but thought, you said it I yourself. Vance would be, too. So, I mean, it's right. like... <laughs> right. I mean, you said it. He's poised for a big year three. So, let's see... Uh, you know, hopefully he can give us uh, another big jump this year, um, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but, I mean, this is a big injury year for this position in this past season. I mean, you had Hayden Hurst, who I think a lot of people were excited about being on the Brown. I mean, the, the Ravens uh, coming in and not really playing very much at all because of injury. Right. Uh, and then you had Tyler Eifert, who had a very nice fantasy season a couple of years back, coming back off of injury to only have a gruesome injury Ugh. this season. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't think Tyler Eifert is coming back. Um which hurts the Bengals offense overall because they don't really have anybody there. Who's kind of a, a game breaker at this point. Right. right. Um, but there was, I mean, it, it, it's, it could have been a coin flip. I just like Njoku's upside more than Vance McDonald's. Yeah. And my first note was, yes, it mine's David and Joku too. My first bullet point below that was this division is noticeably weak at tight end as the <laughs> yeah. first, first bullet yeah. point I had. My could you of, just say this, this league is noticeably weak at tight end. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Outside of like three teams. Yeah. Right. Um, and my next point was I'm basing my selection purely on potential, which we talked about earlier. My, my need for him is I need to see him take a leap from four touchdowns to like seven or eight. He's been stuck at four. And I know we said it when we went over our tight ends. Um, I didn't have him in my top ten. I had him just outside. And the reason I did was he had one of the best – I'll just say fantasy playoff schedules. And it was like three for 30, three for 35, three for 38. Right. It's like, right. come on, man. You were set up with an offense that was really humming at that point. They, they, they were looking really good, and you were giving three for 30 type of stat lines. So um, the third year could be the leap, uh, and that's all I'm banking it on. But, yeah, this this position for this division might be the one of the weakest as we go through. Um, the rest of the divisions over the next uh, seven to eight weeks here. So, right. 
Um, so Dan, next topic that we have on here is we've went through the best, um, but what we want to talk about as, as overall is you already said it, your ranks of the quarterbacks. Why don't you go through and, and just give some more reasoning behind your rankings. Mine slightly differs from yours. So I'll let you go first. Yeah. I mean, it, it just lines up with the way the offenses are right. uh, for me. Like I said before, um, Ben, I, I think has, um, uh, just, uh, no, 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 Ben, <laughs> I, I just think he's in an offense that caters, caters to him, uh, caters to him putting up big time numbers. Uh, I know he's losing one of his main weapons, but I, I'm still confident that he's going to be, uh, in, in the mix for one of those top five fantasy seasons. Uh, I don't know how many more of those he has in him. Um, uh, but, but I, I expect him to kind of, uh, just kind of carry on, uh, in the same path. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I think going into his second season, he's got good, good talent around him. Uh, but I still think you're going to get rookie mistakes, but I like him, uh, his offense overall more than I like the Bengals offense because he's got viable players at every position. He's got two good receivers, uh, with Landry and Antonio Callaway. Uh, if they give him another one, it's going to be very interesting. He's got Nick Chubb and let's not forget about if Kareem hunt for some way can come back. Uh, it's a huge weapon that he gets um, right. in the passing game. Um, so, and, and then he's got Njoku at the tight end. Dalton just was such took a, such a big step back this year, where I thought he was going to take another step forward, uh, and was injury prone. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to kind of step back into that, um, you know, high production role in terms of a fantasy quarterback, and. <laughs> Jackson just hasn't shown me he's going to throw the ball. I mean, he's a nice rushing quarterback. If this is a two quarterback league. Uh, I feel great having Jackson as maybe my number two in a super flex or something like that. But uh, straight up fantasy quarterback play um, in these four, I think to me, it's pretty clear. It's Ben Baker, Dalton Jackson. Yeah, mine slightly differs and mine's Ben one, Baker two. I actually put Lamar Jackson three and Dalton four. And, and I'll give yeah. my reasons why. I mean, Ben, the rushing upside? Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, so, yeah, I'll start with Jackson, who I have at three. So he actually led all quarterbacks in rushing with 695 yards. And I look back, if he can pass the ball anywhere close to his last two years in Louisville, he could reach his right. potential, which to me is higher than Andy Dalton's right sure. now. For Dalton at four, my notes were just really disappointing last year and really outside of 2015 and 16. He's been double digits in interceptions. Right. Just hasn't really looked. You would think there'd be growth. I mean, you've got one of the better running backs. You've got one of the best wide receivers in the league when healthy, and you had a guy like Tyler Boyd that jumped up and showed he could be a real good number two for your team. Sure. Now I'm hopeful that the coaching change can jumpstart his career again because I think this is coming from the McVay learning tree. Um, Yeah. And outside of the Super Bowl, that's a pretty deadly offensive system. Um, Right. But, yeah, I was just really disappointed with his production last year. And um, at this point, I you know, I'm ranking upside over what's pretty much been a proven high interception, very prone to duds, Andy Dalton. So sure. Uh, with Ben at number one, I mean, he led the league last year in passes completed, pass attempts, passing yards. And only one of three active quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowl rings. So not only do you get high production, but you've got a winner. Baker Mayfield, um, to me, was the easy number two. Um, 
Once again, his 16-game pace was 4,500 yards, 38 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That would have probably put him in the top five in our fantasy football league. So um, I like that they kept the coaching staff really intact as far as the offensive side of things. And Mm -hmm. you, you said it. He's got some sneaky good young weapons on his team and if they can all play up to their potential uh baker mayfield could be a guy i'm looking at later in drafts that i feel comfortable in especially in 10 team leagues waiting oh, yeah. for quarterback and and flying on that yep. upside so love it yeah agreed so dan the next topic that we have on our sheet is rank the defenses and i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this topic off because this is the one okay. where, where to me the ravens shined I've got the Ravens one, I've got the Steelers two, I've got the Browns three, and the Bengals four. And let me go over. I've just got one note for each one. With the Baltimore Ravens, they led the league last year in yards per game allowed at 292.9 yards per game. And they were second in the league in points per game allowed at 17.9. So you've got a defense that wasn't giving up yards and really wasn't letting people in the end zone. They seem to always have a really strong defense, so I'm, I'm going to bank on them just carrying that over. Steelers at number two, they finished six in yards per game allowed at 327.2 and actually tied for the league lead with 52 sacks, which um, it seemed to be it's a, nice to hear. It's a, yeah, it seemed to be a weak point two years ago, but I, I think they've got some good young pass rushers, but there's still gaps that I'm going to discuss in the linebacking core. And the secondary can be hit or miss at times, especially if Joe Hayden's right. dinged up. So, Right. The Browns Man, have- what a... Uh- what a difference Joe Hayden had made on that, oh. <laughs> on that uh, def- defense, man. I mean, it, it was one of those things where I, I know uh, he's coming from the Browns and oh man, what's going on here? And, uh, but boy, has he been a uh, a great addition to that defense? Yeah, especially with Artie Burns, who looked good two years ago, now looks like he forgot how to play football. So I think that was the right move at the right time to get a proven cornerback there because it, it seems like that's where the Steelers always are weak. And I don't know why right. they don't address it earlier, but the secondary. Uh, yep. Yeah. As long as Hayden's healthy, I, I like it. But uh, there are some holes in the back half of that defense <clears throat> with the Browns. I have them at third. Uh, to me, I thought it was surprising. They were tied for fifth with 17 interceptions. Also fifth with 24 fumbles. So, um, you know, if they can keep that sort of turnover pace going, uh, they've got a a bunch of good young weapons uh, on the defensive side of things that I think just going to get better as the, the more that they play. And with the Bengals, they were actually one of the worst defenses in the league. They were a league worst, yeah. 413.6 yards per game allowed and bottom three in points per games allowed uh, with 28.4. And I don't see that changing in one year. So to me, they could yeah. be actually one of the worst defenses in the league period. So, uh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I can't say uh, we are we are very close actually. Uh, I had Ravens number one. Uh, I thought the defense was the reason they won a lot of games last year uh, right. because no one no one could score on them, and it was a ball control offense where they were running the ball fantastic, uh, fantastically, and, and frankly, no one could stop them. Right, uh, and they were had, were getting stops. It just kind of caught up to them um, uh, in the playoffs. But uh, so they were the clear number one. Uh, I actually had the Browns number two. Uh, and I was going upside. Uh, I just love the way that this team is turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Miles Garrett. Uh, I think the pass rush is young, and I think it's just going to keep getting better and better as these players continue to improve. I think the loss of Greg Williams this year is going to hurt. Wait, of who? Uh, of who? Greg. Yeah, that's what Williams. I thought. <laughs> uh, 
because I, I think he really I mean at least from what I saw they those guys rallied around him and, and I think he really kind of pumped those guys up and got some great performances out of them um, so I think that does hurt them um, to me there were games where uh, with the Steelers where I was expecting shootouts uh, if there was if there was a turnover I was pleasantly surprised but frankly uh, you know, when there were games where you and I are ranking um, all of uh, the skill position players for the Chiefs and the Steelers within the top five, because none of the offenses, the offenses are going to hum and none of the defenses are going to stop anybody. Uh, that was a big indicator to me that we needed to make make some moves. I mean, there were some nice games at the end. I, I love T.J. Watt. Uh, I obviously think he is, his pass rush is... Uh, you know, something that is going to just continue to keep the off the defense going. Uh, I, I just need to sh- see some more turnovers, some more shutouts, a shutout uh, before I'm going to kind of take them over the Browns. I think there's more upside there. And I, frankly, I think you're going to get more turnovers out of the Browns. And that's what you're looking for in fantasy. Right. Uh, sacks are nice. Turnovers are, are better. And I was agree with, I agree with you. The Bengals uh, down in the dumps. Number four for me. Yeah. And that's probably a defense that, when we get into fantasy next year, if you have an offensive player going against them, you, you more than likely have to find a way to get them on your team active that yep. week. So I don't see yep. there being much improvement. I, I see the improvement happening on the offense, not the defense for the Bengals next year. Yep. So, Dan, uh, we're getting towards the end here. The next topic that we have, and I'm curious if we have the same player, is who's your biggest potential breakout in this division going into 2019? Now, the way that I looked at this, Bob, uh, was guys who didn't already break out this past season. Right. Guys who I think, who I thought were not really viable fantasy names or options throughout the season, who I think could make a leap this year and work themselves into a, a starting role on your fantasy team. Uh, so people like Tyler Boyd, I, I kind of was like, he already kind of did that this year. Right. He already kind of broke out. Right. Tyler Boyd is getting drafted in fantasy drafts this year. There's no doubt about it. People are going to take late round flyers, maybe even mid round flyers on Tyler Boyd. Right. Uh, same thing with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb already broke out, in my opinion. Uh, he's on everyone's fantasy radar. He's probably going in the second <laughs> round. Uh, at the at the earliest, he's going in the second. If he goes behind in the third or the fourth, I'd be shocked. Um, so guys like that, uh, I didn't really say. Uh, you know, really kind of keep in this mix. Uh, same with Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I know he was okay this season before, broke out this last year. Uh, now he's going to be one of those um, probably top three, top three round fellows that you're going to be able to grab. Uh, I went with Anthony Antonio Callaway. Actually, Ooh, okay, we from, don't have the same player from the Cleveland Browns. And, and uh, I, we're talking up the Browns so much. Uh, we, we, <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might have to just. Go brush my teeth as soon as we're done here. I don't, right. I don't feel right doing this. But it's but it's an exciting team in, in, in terms of fantasy. They're they're fun to watch and they're scoring points, which is what you want. Right. Uh, and, and I know they were really high on him going into last season. Uh, and I think this year he's going to have a year of working with Baker Mayfield, another year in the offense. The quarterback coach or the head coach is the quarterback coach that kind of jump-started this offense at the end of the year, kind of let Baker Mayfield do his thing. And let's be honest, Antonio Callaway is a nice deep threat. Jarvis Landry, 
not that much of a deep threat. Uh, he, he works in the middle of the field field. Um, but he, I mean, he'll get down the field every now and again, and, and he's got some of the best hands in the league, but I just feel like if you're looking pure, uh, speed, uh, breakaway speed, big play opportunities, uh, in this offense, I, I think you're going to get some of that action from Antonio Callaway, uh, un- unless they make a crazy move in the, in the off season and bring in another wide receiver. Who knows if Des Bryant's going to show up again, but, uh, I think he's the clear number two and, uh, I, I expect him to improve on his 43 receptions, 586 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, I, I'm calling for him to go over a thousand this year and bump that, uh, touchdown total up to eight nice i like it because actually he was one of the two that i thought about um i did not go with him so i'm i'm actually glad we didn't because uh or i didn't so we have a little bit of a uh different pick but he was definitely one i considered mine is james washington and if it sounds like a homer pick so be it but at the time when i created this list my first note was he's one antonio brown trade away from being the second wide receiving option and one of the best passing offenses so it looks looks like that's coming to fruition as we speak and and i i watched this because he absolutely decimated the University of Pitt two straight years, but in his last three years at Oklahoma State, he scored 33 total touchdowns and was around 20 yards per reception, showing big play and scoring prowess. So I think now that he's going to more than likely shift into that second wide receiver role, um, you know, we could see a lot of what he did in Oklahoma State. You've got uh, what's going to be the one in Juju. Um, so, yeah, he might be able to take advantage of uh, defensive matchups that are a little more favorable. And he knows how to get in the end zone. He knows how to break big plays based on his Oklahoma State production. I think right. he's he's prime for a second-year breakout, especially with Antonio Brown looking to be off the team. So uh, I went with James Washington from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Call it a homer pick, but I'm calling uh, just based on the, the sum of the parts that are going into what I think could be a huge year uh, for the second-year wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. So. Frankly, Bob, uh, with the way that we've been talking about the Browns, I don't think you can say it's the homer pick right now. I know, right? <laughs> Going to be moving to Cleveland here pretty soon, apparently. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, those are to me, those are the two picks. I, I don't really see it from anybody else. Um, like I said, uh, I was back and forth between Callaway and, and Washington, but I just see uh, once again. I think you brought it up earlier. I'm I'm banking on Big Ben uh, making another star in the offense. So, yep. So, Dan, last topic it looks like I have on our sheet is the biggest need for each team. And I'll go ahead and get things started, um, and and I'll start with the Browns. Um, And then why don't we go back and forth so that way we're not going through an entire list here. Because this one, like you said, for the Browns was a little harder than I think uh, one might think going into it. And really, it wasn't anything on the offensive side of the ball that I did. When I did my research, uh, looking at needs for the 2019 season um, an article from uh, Fansided stated their secondary help and and they do have a really good safety uh, uh, Denzel Ward from Ohio State fourth overall mm-hmm. picked in the past quarterback round, yep was <clears throat> was really good um, he had three interceptions 11 passes defended one forced fumble in 13 games um, has what looks to be the makings of a lockdown cornerback um, 
But the thing is, I think they could use some help outside of him. Um, you know, they named four different players that took reps throughout the season. A couple of them are free agents. Um, but really, uh, this is a team that has somewhat of a luxury of picking the best player available. Um, right. But if I had to pick one area of need, it just based on the research I was able to do, sounds like a consensus for Cleveland Browns uh, reporters is secondary help. So, Dan, what do you think the Browns need going into next year? Uh, I think my was that, I mean, we talked about this earlier, is that all of these young players, uh, it's time for them to grow up. They need to make a leap right here, right now, um, because this is the, there's no better time to do it for this team. Uh, frankly, I feel like this is the most wide open the AFC North has ever been, Bob. Right. Um, I, I don't have a great deal of confidence that the Steelers are going to have um, a, a stellar season just because of everyone we're losing. I mean, that's two uh, spectacular all-star talent level players that are gone off that team that we're going to have to replace. Right. Uh, Cincinnati is down. Um, Baltimore is, uh, 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 frankly, I, I think they're they're good, but I, I'm not confident they're winning uh, the AFC North this year. I think this is the most wide open it is. Right. Um, so the the biggest need for this team, uh, and I agree with you in terms of the secondary, is that all these young players need to, to make a jump. Um, Baker Mayfield already kind of did that. Uh, but I, I think another thing is, is Nick Chubb needs to step up and establish himself as the true number one running back in this offense. All this Kareem Hunt stuff needs to go away. Uh, and I think the best way for Nick Chubb to do that is to uh, come out here and just kind of do what he did last year. Uh, come out here and just run all over the place, break 98 yard touchdown runs uh, and make people's fantasy days. And that's kind of where I'm looking at it is that for the biggest thing they have is this team needs to get old fast uh, because frankly, uh, I'm not going to be surprised, Bob, if we're talking next year, uh, right around the fall uh, about the Cleveland Browns making a playoff appearance, Bob. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised by that. Yeah, it almost, uh, it almost happened last year. I know. And it's wide open this year, uh, especially with all the things I just outlined. So uh, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking in terms of Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, if they if they do make that step up, they are very well contending for uh, this division. There's no doubt about it. So, Dan, let's move on uh, to the next team. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals and. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about it. Their defense is a mess, and I particularly uh, focused on the linebacker core. Um, Nick Vigil is good, um, but I think Vontez Perfect is done. Uh, I don't think he's very productive. He's a liability, and he's pretty mm-hmm. much injury-prone now. Um, there's just really nothing there. I mean, you could get whatever you wanted on this defense, whether it's rushing, whether it's passing. So I think they need to attack really anywhere on their defense, uh, I think would be okay. Um, but what was once a stronger uh, portion of the defense about two to three years ago, I think it's caught up to them. Um, I just don't like their linebacker core. And from the Bengals wire, uh, where I did some research on it, uh, the, the first two words for their needs for linebacker, obvious, right? So um, right. even the people in uh, that follow the team closely in Cincinnati agree, uh, their linebacking core is a liability. So uh, what do you have as a need for the Cincinnati Bengals? Tight end. Yeah. Tight end. Yeah. Uh, I'd, Eifert, like I said, has got to be. I, I, I'm going to be surprised if he comes back. If he can, great. 
Um, but man, that, that injury was brutal. Right. And there, there was nobody who kind of jumped in, who kind of set the world on fire. Um, it, it gave them a weapon at that position. Right. Uh, they've got good weapons elsewhere. That's the only hole I could kind of see other than maybe quarterback, uh, that needs to be filled. They need to get a tight end who can, uh, work the middle of the field. Uh, like Eifert did. I mean, I, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember, but Eifert had a very, very, very good fantasy season a couple years back. Touchdown machine. Uh, a touchdown machine, right. Uh, and if they can get somebody like that, the, the offense is going to start humming again. So uh, I really think tight end is the biggest need on the offensive side of things, uh, just because I'm not confident, just because of what I saw out of the production of the people who stepped in last season, uh, that they're going to be able to get back to the Eifert level of production that they were able to uh, enjoy in previous seasons. Yeah, and I, I think you, you sort of said it. Uh, Dalton's best fantasy years were when Eifert was healthy and dominating. Yep. So I think he leans towards his tight ends, especially in the red zone. So I, I think yep. that's definitely uh, one monstrous need for that team as well. Dan, I feel like we're going to have the same, but my Ravens need is wide receiver help. And if you look at the name values, they're okay. Crabtree, okay. Brown was good, became okay. Willie Sneed, okay. Yeah. I think they need sort of a game changer to pair with Lamar Jackson. Those, to me, are just all okay options that they sort of picked up off the scrap heap. Right. They were sufficient, um, but uh, I just think they can address that either in the draft or free agency and and get a better option that sort of fits uh, better than just these rehashes that were okay. Uh, to me, this was glaring. I think if they get a better wide receiver, uh, that could open some things up, and I, I think they're going to put more on Lamar Jackson's platter to try and pass the ball. So uh, another more dynamic option would uh, serve Lamar Jackson well going forward. So mine, to me, was a no-brainer, was wide receiver. Yeah, I completely agree. That was mine as well. Uh, They need to get a big-name receiver there. Uh, And frankly, I I think that'll help. I mean, I think both of us want to see Lamar Jackson open things up uh, in terms of throwing the ball downfield. Uh, I think he showed he could do it in college. I think it's just a matter of him. Uh, coming around to the way the NFL does those type of things. Right. Uh, I think he's got the talent, but he has got the talent. I, I don't think that John Brown is a nice player. I don't feel like he has the same game breaking ability as like Odell Beckham or right. someone like that. I mean, it's a different type of player. Odell Beckham can make Eli Manning a viable fantasy option because of how talented Odell Beckham is. Uh, I don't feel like any of the guys that are there right now make Lamar Jackson a viable passing fantasy option. Uh, the rushing's there. Um, but Crabtree, you know, he and Jackson had a nice report towards the end of the season. He caught a couple touchdowns. Uh, but he, he doesn't seem to be breaking away like he used to be able to uh, when he was in San Francisco a number of years ago. John Brown has the speed to do that. Uh, but that's basically all we really kind of saw out of him is the downfield threat. Um it's Sneed, uh, okay. Then there was not anyone there who kind of got me excited, uh, who frankly was going to be an everyday starter at receiver for me. Uh, I, I dropped Crabtree towards the end of the year to the waiver wire, frankly. Yeah, he just, I feel like he did that in Oakland too. He was playing well at times and then just completely just sort right. of falls off the cliff there during the end of, uh, of the season. Right. And to me, I think it's just, I think he's just done being that number one type of um, wide receiver. Uh, it, to me, it's just a very uninspiring 
group, honestly. I mean, if, uh, if we're just being honest, and that's why I, th- I think it's time for them to address that. So, Dan, last positional need we have is the Steelers. And <clears throat> if, if I'm joking, it'd be Chris Boswell kicking the ball better. Um, <laughs> Because I think he cost him oh, about man. two to three games of just kicking. Yep. But yep. if we're looking at it at a realistic approach, I, I sort of mentioned it earlier. I think their cornerback uh, is where they could get some help, almost similar to the Browns. Like I said, if Joe Hayden's healthy, yep. you pretty much have one side of the field covered. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm looking at their death chart right now. Uh, Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton played really well. I always remember seeing him stand out. But then if you look at the right cornerback, it's Cody Sensabaugh, Artie Burns, Cameron Sutton. None of those really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Artie Burns was playing more like he did two years ago when it looked like he was turning the corner, but that's not the case. Um, and if Joe Hayden goes down, there's there's some liability on that backside. So um, to me, I think they need to address the, getting another cornerback on that team. Uh, me, it was uh, <laughs> AB's gone. You've got to find a way to have another receiver become active uh, and produce in the offense. You got to have somebody who's going to take some heat off of Juju uh, so he can kind of move around the field a little bit more. Uh, someone who's going to strike the heart fear in the heart of the defense. Uh, and uh, to your to your point, it could be James Washington. Um uh, I'm not that I'm not entirely convinced of that, but I think he's got the talent to do it. Uh, now he'll have an opportunity to do that. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Steelers this year um, take a look at late round uh, wide receivers uh, to try to find another diamond in the rough. Cause let's be honest, that's what Antonio Brown was. Uh, he came out of central Michigan, uh, not necessarily the highly highest touted receiver uh, coming out of college. Uh, and he's become one of the all-time greats. So I, I think one of the things that the Steelers do better or just as well as some other teams do is find those uh, crazy value late round draft picks and then create uh, stars in the league out of those guys. Um, those Greg values. So, Greg value. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm sitting is that uh, I, I can't disagree with you in terms of the defensive ball things, but I, I think the biggest issue, uh, I think running back is sound. Quarterback is sound. You need to find another receiver who's going to step into the Juju Smith-Schuster role uh, and kind of make uh, the, uh, the all-around offense dangerous again. Yeah, um, I'm banking on that being James Washington, but if he doesn't, yeah, yeah there there could be a hole there. So you, you bring up a. Very... Are, you, are you drafting James Washington in your fantasy draft this year? Yeah. Are you confidently taking him? Yeah, towards the double digit rounds, yeah, I'll take a flyer on him. Will you take Juju Smith-Schuster at the points in which Antonio Brown had been taken in leagues um, in the past? No, but I would take him in the second round if I'm towards you know if I have one of the or, uh, first one or two picks, and if right. he's there at the back half of the second, yeah, I, I think right. I would. <laughs> How about yourself? Uh, I'm not taking him in the first round like I would take Antonio Brown in the first round, um, but I, uh, I I take him probably right around where you. Uh, are probably taking him. I'd love to get him at the turn uh, in a draft if I could uh, get maybe at the turn, like get him at the end of the second, which I don't think you're going to get him. He'll be gone by then. Um, James Washington, I I don't know. I I have to think about that one a little bit more, but my gut tells me fifth, sixth round right now. 
Oh, well, then I'm not going to be able to get him if that's the case. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd have to actually see it. I mean, yeah, I, I saw yeah. him play at Oklahoma State, but I mean, right. I saw Lima Sweet play at Texas, and he never turned out to be anything. You know what I mean? So, I, <laughs> right. I, I think if it's getting towards the ninth round, and he's there, yeah, I'm definitely the take. That's when you sort of take those flyer upside picks. And I'll be For honest, sure. in best ball, he's definitely somebody I'm targeting this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it, it best ball drafts. Uh, you grab him. Set it and forget it. Absolutely. So, so yeah, Dan. That covers our first dive into the specific divisions for the off season. Uh, we're gonna keep this going, and we're gonna continue on our voyage through uh, the AFC. Uh, is there a particular division you would like to, or, uh, to go to next in the AFC? Just want to go down south. Yeah, let's go down south, Bob. No, go down south. Go down there. Go down south, Bob. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll pick up next <laughs> week. Uh, we'll go through the same sort of uh, <coughs> worksheet that we did here. Uh, we'll focus on the AFC South. Um, actually, a pretty surprisingly tight division last year, so we'll see right. if that keeps up. And uh, we'll, we'll continue that on uh, next Wednesday when we join up. But let's go ahead and close up the show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you might have saw we did some updates to our logo, updated our podcast cover art. I think it was just time for a little more of a, a tweak on that, so we shared that information on our social media pages. Uh, you can email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. Can visit our podcast page anchor.fm forward slash not takes ff that's a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m forward slash not takes ff you can listen and follow us there and you get links to the 12 platforms that we're on so if you have a specific platform that you like you can go there and get a direct link where you can subscribe uh, for those that listen specifically on Apple Podcasts, give us 30 seconds of your time. Give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps the show out, and we would really appreciate it and are thankful to anybody that has and will put a rating in. But regardless of platform, subscribe. That way you can get each of our episodes as we drop them automatically. And Dan, why don't you give a shout-out to your brother to close the show? Yeah, the song called Alma. It's been, us, uh, been with us since the very beginning. It'll be with us to the very end. If you like uh, the song, it's been uh, written, performed by my brother. He's got a lot of music out there. Check out his SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. And uh, shout out to him for letting us uh, use that free of charge. Thanks, my man. Thanks a lot, Tom. And Dan, we'll get together Wednesday. We'll go over the AFC South. But until then, I know my voice won't do it. So I'll talk to you later. Later! (laughs) Thanks, Dan. (laughs) 